My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me as podcast producer is David Bax. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Good. Are you hungry yet? Yeah, it's a, it's a week later, and I'm still on my diet. I had some almonds in the interim. In this week. That's good to know. In between these two episodes, yes. all I've eaten is almonds. <laughs> well, you're looking... Ah, look, you know, I don't believe in diets. You know this. Really? I don't think they're good for people. I just yeah. don't. And look at you. You're a healthy young man. Quitting know. the cigarettes, good. Okay? That's awesome. Really, the cigarettes are just a byproduct of my not drinking for a month. If I'm not drinking, I just I don't have any cravings Well, see, for that's good. Not drinking, I hear, is also good. <laughs> I have heard that's good, too. <laughs> but, but, you know, you got to eat, man. You got to eat. Eat real I'm not food. just eating less. I am eating. That's the thing is I'm eating, you know, I'm eating healthy. Yeah. Okay. None of this. Like, like, like my husband started like the detox thing where you poop all the time and it just drives me up. A cr- that's, that stuff is BS. So uh-huh. good. As long as you're doing it well. Oh yeah. Lots, okay. of, lots of salads. All right. Okay. Maybe this is just guilt speaking because I <laughs> polished off some gummy bears before you showed up. Um, we have, uh, we have a couple of guests today. We are going to start with Joe Gold and Tammy Kaplan. Hello, Joe and Tammy. Hello. Welcome back. Thanks. You're, Joe and Tammy are here for their um, regular updates about their indie film, Desperate Acts of Magic, which they have been guerrilla filming for... Like 18 months 18 or so. 18 months, sure. Because when you're guerrilla filming, you catch as you can, right? Yeah. Yeah, Basically. yeah that and that we had no money to shoot the film, so we've shot... Only the pages we could afford to shoot. <laughs> so basically, we've been shooting just one or two days a month, which I think is exciting because every time you do you do this, you have a new story to tell. You've you've managed to get these pages out, however you've managed to get them. You've gotten a couple of listeners that have helped you out. Nick, yep, Nick our intern, intern. Nickel Alexi, he's he been helping awesome. you out. Awesome, he was great. Yeah, he helped with a magic trick, which we can't go into. Really, can't reveal. But he uh, did you make him disappear because he isn't here today. <laughs> 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 okay. Very yeah, when, cool. he, when he comes back, don't don't uh, you know you won't get the secret out of I, him. Yeah, he knows you know how one of our tricks was done. So <laughs> I think I could do it. I don't think, but it. I won't. Don't go there. So so tell me what's going on with the movie. What day it is? What you know? Tell well, me. Well, we uh, we finished shooting. We, what? We yeah. finished principal production. We're happy to say. Oh my God! Congratulations. Thank that you. is great. When did you do this? Uh when do so we beginning of November? Yeah, oh, beginning of November. That is great. And so since then we've been uh, well, f- certainly we've been editing nonstop, mm-hmm. but we've also been shooting little inserts, uh, like an insert here and there. People mm-hmm. don't always, you know, we needed like like we're driving to San Diego, mm-hmm. but when we shot the scenes driving to San Diego, we were nowhere near San Diego. Okay, so uh, we had to kind of 
get some signs like 80 miles to San Diego and <laughs> you know and it's actually quite difficult to shoot signs as you're driving cuz your car is moving a lot especially and, on the freeway right yeah. like you can't yeah. just go like okay just back up a little and Stop. do it again exactly exactly <laughs> so like we went down to Irvine and we would basically circle this one exit, keep getting off at the same exit, and then back on and back off. I've had and dreams like this. <laughs> I, and, and Tammy's like, slow down, drive slower, drive slower. And, and of there's course, a car you know, right behind him, you know, tooting. Oh, you know. no. We're on the freeway and we have to drive slowly. And like um, what we learned is uh, a pillow mm-hmm. helps stabilize the camera. Oh, okay. And also – 60 uh, frames per second. Yeah. Shooting it uh, – it's like double the number of frames per second. Normally you shoot – well, you shoot 24 or 30. We shot 60, which uh, helps it be more stable. OK. You know. And and sound's not involved when you're doing these pickup shots. No. No. So you don't have to worry about the jackass who's right. beeping at you, right? No, no. Don't have to worry about that. <laughs> right. Have to worry about cops, you know, things like that. But. OK. Now, in, in your last days of shooting – did um, any near arrests? Any of the good stuff that we love to hear about? Yeah, no, we didn't have any near arrests. Um, we did work with a kid. Okay. Which we've never done before. What's what's a kid? A, a kid. kid. A oh, child. A kid. Yeah. What's a kid? No. <laughs> you have two of them. <laughs> how, <laughs> I can uh, tell you how they're made oh, too. Oh, <laughs> right, right. And and how old was this kid? Well, we cast thirteen to play basically nine, ten year old. Okay. Yeah, we were looking for a nine, like a nine year old. Okay. And we got everything. I mean, see, originally we were going to just get like uh, maybe a, a friend's child right. to do it, um, because actually hiring a kid, there's a lot of things that you have to do. You have to get like uh, permission from the state of California to hire a minor. Mm-hmm. You have to have a studio teacher, even if it's a weekend or the summer. The parent has to be there. It's a whole ordeal. And you can only work them for so many hours. We were only allowed to work the kid for for nine hours. It's but you said, ah, screw it, and just stole some kid <laughs> off a corner. <laughs> and you know, there was another thing that we were a little bit concerned about, which uh, led us to hiring an actually trained, you know, kid actor. Is you know, we we've, we've done some storyboard scenes with uh, with Joe's nephews, mm-hmm. and um, they're adorable, wonderful. Darling children, and they can't act. It's, well, yeah. <laughs> it's There's really something you hard. said about sort of knowing how to hit your mark and yeah. where the camera is and not to look at it. Concentration. Yeah. 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 And kids, you know, they're, they're everywhere. Their concentration is, is you know, ridiculous. You know, they're, they can't focus. A lot of times they can't focus. But if you get trained actor kid... And they they focus pretty well. So and, how trained was this actor kid? Was he was oh, like on the was, last movie I was in? He was my a trailer. pro. Oh, oh yeah, pro. This, his name is Cameron Sanders. He's a phenomenal actor. He has more credits than Tammy and I combined. Oh. so he knew exactly. He knew all his lines. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was excellent. Yeah. And we wanted that because Tammy and I were both in this scene. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't really watch monitor. Right. So we auditioned like twenty kids, and we had about three or four of them were very good. But Cameron, we could tell, would be really good even if we weren't paying attention. And he was. He was he, great. He walked in. He, he nailed it. We couldn't even think of a note to give him. And we just had him do it again just for the sake of having him do it again. And he nailed it again. So In the audition. Yeah, in the audition. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you, did you limit in, in the pages? Did you do any cutting of the pages in order to keep his time to a certain – well, Minimum. It was only, it was two scenes. It was about three and a half pages, but it it took 
all the full nine hours because it was a very complicated scene with helium balloons and a ceiling fan. Uh-huh. Um, and hijinks ensuing. Oh, and balloons goodness. popping and yeah. all sorts of stuff. Sure. And so um, we managed to get it in, in, in just – I mean we were maybe five minutes over. You yeah. know? And the, uh, the studio teachers there, we had to hire a studio teacher and he is you – know, you think, oh, what does the studio teacher do? Well, on the weekend, he's not teaching. He's sort of a babysitter but the parent is there. So he's not really a babysitter. Really what he is is a friendly policeman. Oh. He is there to protect the kid and make sure nothing is done inappropriately and that you're obeying the rules, giving the kid breaks and getting him done by the allotted amount of time. Sure. So, you know, and the reason they have the studio teacher in addition to the parent is because they don't trust the parent to protect the kid. That makes sense because the parent wants to make money and yeah. might be like, come on, kid, you can do it, right? They want the yeah. kid to be famous. Sure. I mean, yeah. From a writing standpoint, the one thing we did do is we were looking over the scene before we shot it. Uh, we, we sort of toyed with having this one joke in for the kid. And you know, we thought about it. We talked about it. And it just felt too sophisticated a joke for a 9- or 10-year-old kid. You know how you see on sitcoms when kids are just – saying these things are just way too sophisticated. I mean, no normal kid would ever say something like that. Right. And I don't know, that just that just bothered us and we ended up cutting cutting the joke. And I think it it makes for a when you see the scene, the kid is really talking how a kid talks. It's just that's, that's it has that authenticity that you yeah. go for. Yeah. You're right. Little things like that, especially with kids, can just take you out of it. Pulls you out, absolutely. Mm-hmm. My seven-year-old these days has decided to become a TV kid. Not that she wants to actually be on screen, but she somehow developed a personality over the past couple months where, like, she's like this little rascal all of a sudden. Like, she'll be like talking to us and like winking at us and giving us attaboys and then like she'll do like like a double take or a spit take or she'll leave the room and then she'll come back in and give us the okay sign and we're like what is this like our kid is like this Nickelodeon it must be Nickelodeon I think that's right I think we need to just turn off the television because it's it's adorable but it's frightening at the same time so um so so that was out of all the guerrilla filmmaking that you've done that was the thing you did not guerrilla film make. That was like, let's do this right the, with with a kid actor. Well, it was uh, we were shooting in a house, mm-hmm. so we couldn't just break into somebody's house. <laughs> you know, we had already shot our own apartment. Sure. So we needed a house, and okay. I just put it out on Facebook. And by this time, we've worked with so many actors and extras that and crew that somebody ste- a couple people stepped up and said, "Yeah, you can use our house." And we so, needed a house with a ceiling yeah. fan. So that was one yeah. of the things that made it tricky. But one of our one of our extras, she was so nice. She she stepped up and said, "Yeah, you can use my place." We didn't get a we didn't get a city permit or anything like that for using the place, you know. But but you know, we had the location for. But free. everybody and likes working with you too. That's something that I, I've realized is anybody who does work with you is like, "Oh, Joe, Tammy, they're so nice. It was so much fun." You rarely hear it was fun working on a movie, you know. And everybody has a good time with you. Cool. Yeah, we try to have a fun set. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just I just, I just ruined it by saying something nice. Let's, let's, let's more dirt, please. More dirt. <laughs> well, where are, where are you now that that you've wrapped? Right now, you're in the editing phase. How long do you think this is going to take? Because I would imagine it's going to be a little slower too as you build 
your funds. Well, editing is, you know, it's like you're rewriting, you're writing your script again. It's like the next phase of writing, except now you have all these moving pictures to write with. And so we're sort of at the phase where we have a rough cut and we've been showing it to people and now we're getting notes and feedback. Just like you would the first time when you show your script and you get notes and feedback. Now we're getting notes and feedback again, but this time to make changes, it's a little tougher, a little more expensive to make changes. Um, yeah, so I mean, we're hoping to complete editing and lock picture by the end of January, mm-hmm. but it, it may it may dip into February. Are you editing it yourself, or have you yeah, hired Tammy an editor? Yeah, Tammy and I have both mm-hmm. been editing. Wow. Yeah, and and, uh, and she'll start one scene, and I'll finish it, and then vice versa. Did you edit your last movie? No. Okay, so no. this is this is all new for you. Yeah, I mean, we dipped our toes into it in the last movie because we ran out of money, mm-hmm. but you know uh, now. We're editing the whole thing. Now, what kind of software are Final you using? Final Cut Pro. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Um, now, what about adding the sound to it? Have you found any particular challenges with, if you're editing, dealing with the sound? I mean, well, we have, sound is something we know nothing about, and we, we'll have to hire a sound editor. Okay. I mean, it's so important mm-hmm. to have good sound, and right now, it needs work. Because for, for me, that's the only thing that will take me out yeah. when I'm watching an indie mm-hmm. film is if the sound is sort of bumpy or suddenly like it has that shift where yeah. like, yeah. right? Yeah, we're not going to mess around with that. So we're going to take that to a very trained professional to handle that. We don't, we don't have the experience or the software to really be able to handle that. Yeah, we also have to hire a composer mm-hmm. and color correction. Yeah. Are you seeking a composer? Um. Perhaps. We have a couple in mind. Okay. You know somebody? Yeah, you know. This podcast is good for, <laughs> yeah, for asking yeah. people for stuff. True, so true. You never, you never know. Yeah, I mean, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page uh, and if you're interested in composing. But, um, in fact, somebody did contact contact us through this podcast already yeah. about composing oh, and cool. i might take them up on some help but it, it would be nice to have somebody local okay good to know yeah. and that is desperate acts of magic that's the facebook page just yeah, go to desperate yeah, facebook.com of- slash desperate acts of magic or our website desperate acts of magic.com and you're still raising money you're always yeah, raising money always, yeah. okay. always. post-production <laughs> so expensive yeah. i mean the thing with production is that you know we could space it out but with post-production it sort of all comes in at the same time okay so all of a sudden you need this big chunk of money at once. Well, I can't say enough congratulations. This is great. I'm so happy to hear that you wrapped production. Yes. I know that you've got a lot ahead of you, but oh yeah, yes, you wrapped shooting. Yes, <laughs> yes. Although I'm a little disappointed that the, the yeah. there's no real dirt here. You know, you did. <laughs> Sorry. You know, nice house, nice kid. Come on, come on, people. <laughs> Work at it next time. That's all right. Can um, we get arrested while editing? I don't know. I don't think so. Something's got to happen. Well, no. You just just keep checking in with me. Um, I think that this has been really fun for the listeners because they've gotten to hear about your stories since the beginning and and you know how this has grown. You've really worked hard. You should be proud of yourself. Cool. Thanks, Thanks. So now get off my show because I've got another guest coming up. Okay? <laughs> Goodbye, Joe and Tammy. Thank you so much. And we have another guest coming on. This is Jennifer Notice. And Joe and Tammy, you can stick around if you want or you can go, uh, you know, however you want. <laughs> oh, they're out of here. Jen, they have no interest in listening to you. Okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. T- I told them everything. Later. Did, did you? Break, oh, okay. So. All right. Okay. So Jen Notice was on the podcast. Uh, 
long time ago when you got your kind of your first TV movie that we couldn't talk about right. at the time, blah, blah, blah. She's on her fourth now, <laughs> her fourth. So I think it's we're, she's ready to talk. Um, the, the fun, the novelty about Jen, besides the fact that she's an incredible writer and a really, really cool person, is that she also was once my babysitter. Yes. <laughs> How long ago? How old is Sarah? Sarah is 11. We so should push 11. that mic toward you a little bit more. <laughs> Scoot up there. Yeah, yeah, See, yeah. I'm, here, I'm trying to be all like, sort of like polite and keep it down. And like Settle. Make, make gestures and feel like you're just yes, like, scoot up the scoot mic. Scoot up. Mic. Kiss the mic. Come on. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's the teacher-student relationship. <laughs> Jen's, a, Jen's a, a, a nice, loud Jewish girl like I am, though. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. You'll be able to hear it. <laughs> you really should have no problem. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so number four and number, number four, four. Gosh, what date is? It, it's, it's a taste it, of romance, right? A taste of romance, and it is airing January fifteenth. Uh, is that Saturday, fifteenth? January fifteenth, Saturday and yes. Sunday, and then um, the Saturday before Valentine's Day, it's airing again. Oh, good, because we may miss the debut based on when this show comes out. This show is going to come out in two weeks from today. Okay. So, so it'll be the week after. It'll be the week yeah. after. Everybody be like, "Oh, jeez!" So, but the Saturday before Valentine's Day. The Saturday before Valentine's Day. Yeah. Now this is on the, the Hallmark Channel, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So let's talk about the other. You've got that's the fourth TV movie you've done for the Hallmark Channel. Yes. Right. Yes. Tell us uh, how you got the break to get into uh, writing for the Hallmark Channel to begin with. Okay. So um, I had have had for a lot of years, a relationship with a company called Larry Levinson Productions. Um, they work a lot with the Hallmark Channel. And I used to be a reader for them back in the day. Um, and I would, you know, I would read scripts that I thought were horrendous and I would write pass and then I would get the second draft. And I, my friend who was an assistant at the time and was coordinating the reading, you know, I would email her and say like, "Is if this is what they're, you know, doing second drafts on, can I submit material? Because this is, ridiculous and she's like sure um so i submitted because especially like they they will they will really like massage a script over there like if if the kernel of the idea really seems workable they'll like work through a process to make the script work the script doesn't have to be amazing in the beginning um so at that time hallmark was doing a lot of mystery series and sort of like old-timey stuff so my rom-com scripts didn't really fit in um and then i left television and got a master's in education and and was totally checked out of the business for like a year and a half and um when i realized i wasn't going to be teaching um because the state budget collapsed at the end of my program and i and i didn't have a job i emailed my friend and just asked if i could read again and she had been passing my scripts on to hallmark for the past two years without mentioning it to me. Um, and then they had decided they wanted to do rom-coms again, and I got an opportunity to pitch some ideas to them and do my first script. And the first script was Elevator Girl, right? Elevator Girl. Okay, so that was in 2010. Mm-hmm. Then Gift of the Magi, mm-hmm. right? And that was also in 2010 and in Christmas? Yes. Okay, and then Keeping Up with the Randalls? Mm-hmm. And that was in 2011? Mm-hmm. And now this one, which is A Taste of Romance. Yes. And... Uh, you had mentioned a little bit about like Hallmark wants things are, that are keeping with with holidays, right? They've got a brand, right? Right. Um, so it, when it comes, I know that Gift of the Magi was definitely Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, what were the other? Were there other holidays that were involved in? in 
Like Elevator Girl, wasn't that a Valentine's movie? It ended up being a Valentine's Day movie, but it wasn't pitched as such. Oh, okay. They just, um, either they didn't have, I don't even know, either they didn't have a Valentine's movie specifically that they wanted, or they just thought it was a good romantic story that they could um, market at that time. Okay. So they made it their Valentine's Day weekend movie. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But it wasn't pitched that way. Now, so tell me about, you know, what you've learned about writing from writing TV movies. Is there any difference in what you write versus writing features? Because you also have some feature specs. Yeah. I mean, it's more restrained. You know, okay. there's just things you can't say. Okay. Um, it's it's sort of a softer story. Um, you can't get as complicated in the story because there's just not time to, you know, once they, when a 90 minute script can't be overly complicated because you won't get the story out. Um, so does that mean cutting some corners with setup? I mean, a lot of what happens is the scripts, at least with, with this process, end up being um, traditional length, mm-hmm. but you kind of know what scenes are going to get cut, you know, like, you know, when you're writing it, like, all right, this scene's probably going to go because it's just, you know, not essential and, you know, we need to cut out 30 pages. So um, sometimes that happens where we're, we're adding like, oh, we need to see so-and-so more, but it's, you know, I mean, they, I don't know, they trim in the editing process how they, and sometimes, I mean, like A Taste of Romance and Gift of the Magi were pretty um, exacting to the scripts. Elevator Girl and Keeping Up with the Randalls, not as much. So then, you know, stuff happens in editing that changes it. But but as far as submitting it goes, do they ask you to do the editing prior or do you kind of submit it and you know that it will be cut? I submit it knowing that it will be cut. We'll go through the writing process and, and the script will be short. They they over there like, like to have something to monkey around with at the end. So mm-hmm. I just know that, you know, here I am and the script's going to be 118 pages and, of course, it's not going to ultimately be 118 pages. So I just, you know, hope that what gets cut makes sense. Uh-huh. And sometimes they're not that long. It depends on the situation. Gift of the Magi, I was asked to write in a week. Wow. Um, ultimately, it didn't get produced that quickly and it wasn't necessary, but that was shorter because it was, you know, unrealistic to ask for 120 pages in a week. Um, sorry, uh does the, does the Hallmark Channel have they have commercials? Yes. Right. Do you do you write with commercial act breaks in mind? I don't. I know other um, cable networks do, mm-hmm. but I don't do it that way. Do you kind of think about well, there's a turn here, there's an emotional cliffhanger there to make it to make it commercial friendly? Yeah, and I I've also seen them sometimes edit in the middle of a scene for that purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, to come back. To something, you know, and so it depends on how it falls. You try to, because, you know, when you think normal script structure, somewhere around page 15, something, you know, interesting should happen, and then around page 30, but really it's like 11 yeah, and 27 27. or yeah, something. Exactly. So it's, you know, yeah. it depends. Hmm. Yeah. So, but you mentioned a, a, a deadline in a week. Yeah. Um, I know that's pretty extreme, but yeah. I would imagine all of the deadlines on this are. <laughs> much shorter than your usual feature deadline. It it depends. Sometimes it depends on the project. If it's just my project and, and they don't have like a, a specific time they think they're going to produce it, then, you know, whenever I can get it done. Other times it's not that way at all. Sometimes there's really strict deadlines. But I do well with homework. Mm-hmm. I like having deadlines. Um, it, it's motivating. Um, I work faster that way. So I don't mind it. 
the week was crazy, but it was like an interesting challenge. They called me up and they said, can you write a Christmas movie in a week? And I said, I've never written a Christmas movie and I've never written a script in a week, but I'll try. You sure. Know? So once we – and the, the meeting for that, I mean, The Gift of the Magi had – been sort of sold as an idea, like a modern day adaptation of Gift of the Magi, and that's all that there was. Mm-hmm. And so they told me that, but the story could have gone in any direction. I mean, obviously, you were not going to write a modern day story about a couple and a hair comb and a watch chain. So we had to figure out what the things were, mm-hmm. which was actually like a really complicated puzzle because. We had like a three-hour meeting, and we'd be sitting in there talking about like, like someone would say, "Okay, he never gave her." an engagement ring and it's like so what she loses her ring finger like it has to be you know and and it was really hard like and i and i was really i was i was sort of aggressive in the meeting like i was like nobody's walking out of here until we know what this is because because i am not going home the whole point of it is he buys her something but she has already sold her he buys her a comb he buys her her hair to get right she yeah it's a two also it's a two-page story right so there's a lot to work with there um it's a two-page story about like a a, a, basically a housewife who has been scrimping and saving from her, you know, I guess grocery allowance to buy her husband something for Christmas and as Christmas is approaching, she doesn't have enough money to buy him any what she wants to buy him, which is a watch chain for a pocket watch he has. So she cuts off all, all her hair and sells it to buy him the chain and he sells the watch to buy her hair combs. And, you know... You know, so. I remember when I was a kid, my first reaction to that was, wow, you can sell your hair? <laughs> <laughs> I have so much of it. This I was like, great. Yeah, I was like, this, gonna, this is awesome. Yeah. I didn't, like, totally yeah. missed the whole point of it. Right. So, so what did you guys end up uh, deciding? So we ended up deciding on, um, he was fixing up an old car and he needed the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Originally in the meeting that we had, it was going to be the... Um, Whatchamacallit? The what in the heck is the thing on the edge of the car on the end of the car? The front you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The thing on like the end the of the car. The little Buick thing or the little oh, like the headlights? thing. The, oh the the I should know. I, I know remember. I, I saw this. Find the word. The thing. That that thing <laughs> which in ten minutes will the name of which pop in my head. No. Oh, so frustrating right now. <laughs> that whatever. Um, and she had a, like an old fashioned, like a good camera, and wanted like a lens. Mm-hmm. And I went home that night, and my dad's into cameras, and I called him, and I just said, "Tell me what camera she would have, and what kind of lens she would have, and say, please save me like an hour of playing mm-hmm. around on the internet." And then when I told him what we were doing for the car, he said, oh, "Those things aren't expensive at all." And it was like that hadn't come up in the no one no one in the meeting was into cars and so nobody knew that and so mm-hmm. then I was like oh crap that's a problem and it was like eleven o'clock at night or ten o'clock at night I couldn't call anybody at the office so then I ended up on the phone with my dad for like an hour like on eBay sites simultaneously like okay what can you get for a car that would cost a decent amount of money and sort of be believable and be hard to find and it became a steering wheel because my dad at first was pitching tires. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so they're they're poor and they live in a small apartment and he's going to buy four white wall tires. <laughs> and, or she is. And like roll them into the apartment and hide them. I was like, no. So <laughs> became a steering wheel. Um, so yeah, he sells the car to buy her a lens. She sells the camera to buy him a steering wheel. Now, uh, does your dad get credit on these movies? No. no he would love it. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, he does not get credit. Research by. Just from me. Yeah. <laughs> I do that. I use the people in my life like that all the time. Really? All the time. And maybe it's just because I'm a lazy researcher, but I also find it more interesting to talk to people to get information. So, uh, you know, I did that. I mean, I, 
I, my roommate on Elevator Girl, my roommate was at the time a corporate attorney. And the male lead is basically does her job. So I was like, give me some dialogue. Oh, really? You know, like, what, what do you talk about? What, is, what do you do? What kind of work are you doing? How could somebody screw something up? Mm. And, and I, you know, so it becomes realistic. And I get to talk out the story a little bit. And I like doing that. Excellent. Yeah. Now, now how does the process happen? You've got four movies for one company in two years okay mm-hmm. so does it start with a pitch or does it start with every you writing situation a has been different okay. elevator girl was a selection of pitches that got elevator girl and and uh keeping up with the randalls were me pitching mm-hmm. and them selecting something mm-hmm. um gift of the magi was actually another production company calling me up and asking me to do it and taste of romance was a rewrite of somebody else's original like a, a script that they just weren't getting the rewrites that they wanted and they asked me to redo it and it, it was pretty um it was a pretty complete rewrite so it's really my script at this point um and I've done I've done a lot of rewrite things for them that's the only one that's been produced so far but you know I've I'm kind of become the person they call when oh this isn't working this is sort of a mess give it to Jen see what she can do with it that's not a bad person it's to not. be although sometimes it's exhausting cuz some of the things there, we literally had a meeting where my head was physically down on the table because it was like we were exhausted because the the story that seemed so pitchable it was like the kind of story you could see where they they could see that the billboard but the story just really wasn't working mm-hmm. and we kept talking in circles as we were like realizing that the story really wasn't working and it was so frustrating and and ultimately that didn't go anywhere because you know I rewrote it and it was certainly better but it was still just a flawed concept that wasn't going to work um but I like doing that. I think it's interesting. I'm not as emotionally attached, so I can be sort of quicker with it. And it's like, you know, sort of like a puzzle to figure out how to make it better. So all this has made you a better writer, right? According to my manager, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, he says, I mean, I think it helps, um, just forces you to think about story and structure, you know, not necessarily consciously, but I'm constantly um, working on new stories or fixing existing stories and figuring out why that's really a good way to learn. I think is like figuring out why something's not working is Mm -hmm. a, is a good way to figure out it's easier, you know, instead of figuring like going from zero and making something good, like sometimes when there's something bad, it's so much easier to say, well, this is why this isn't working. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's been helpful. Well, it probably helped you your years as a reader, too, right? Because even though you were probably doing coverage that says, okay, yes or no, Mm -hmm. you were also working with existing material sometimes, right? Weren't you uh, helping? Well, you were were also a writer's assistant. I was a writer's assistant. Oh, gosh, yeah. You had a lot of experience for such a young kid. Oh, that's sweet. Look at you. Look (laughs) at you. Remembering her when. (laughs) Showing up with her little babysitting bag. Really cute. How old was I then? 22? Yeah. Yeah. 23? Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, and you're still a spring chicken. So it's great that you got all this experience and that now you've found, like, a company has found you. A company Mm -hmm. that really gets that you know what you're doing and is using you now. Yeah. What's, can you talk about um, what your personal future plans are for your writing? Oh, well, I mean, what I plan and what will happen is, you know, so different. I mean, it's, let's just say it. It'll be like the secret. We put it out, put it out, out on the magic bulletin board and it will happen. Like the, t- like uh, the secret. Yes. Um, but not a secret. Put it on, yes, out exactly. on a podcast. That's right. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I continue to write features 
And it's very interesting how, like, subjective the market is. Like, I wrote two features in the past few years that were very sort of mainstream, like, large story, like rom-com. And, and they weren't getting, you know, great responses. And, and our feeling was like, maybe I don't get to do that yet. Like, I don't get to write this huge movie. I haven't really established myself. So then I wrote a smaller script. And some of the early feedback was, well, this should be a bigger story. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, I try not to get, I, you know, I finish something and I want and I'm proud of it and I get it to where I want it to be. And then I try to not care too much where it goes and and think about it as experience but obviously i would love to sell a feature Um, it sounds like you have a manager though that really works for you that really is always trying to direct your your work in a place where you can get work right Right. yeah and and yeah he's very loyal and you know when things don't work out he's always like i'm still with you you know we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this so that's comforting um so yeah i hope to keep um, writing and maybe sell a feature at some point. I would be happy to write a TV movie for another, you know, cable network if that were to happen. Uh, at some point, I would love to write a children's book. I don't know what that is, but hmm. I would like to do that. Um, and if my friend from college ever gets out to LA for a period of time, we have a musical idea that we're playing around with. A musical we have idea? To do you find- sing? Oh no, no, so, no! Uh, how he did, does. How did a musical idea come up? Um, it was right after. Right, like literally, I got I got the elevator girl in February of '09, mm-hmm. and in April of that year, I went out and visited my friend Steve, and we went back to Ithaca where we went to college, just to like a road trip. And I hadn't been back there since we graduated. And he was a musical theater graduate, and he acts and produces his own shows in Philly. And so being with him makes me think of musical theater. And so we were, and I was in this place, you know. In that year of just having been given the second opportunity to write, and I was I couldn't think of enough ideas. I wanted to do everything, and I was like, "Let's do a musical!" But it was this hilarious, you know, okay, like sure, let's do a musical. We had no idea. <laughs> I got a barn. You let's know, put like, on a what show. are we gonna do? Like so, over the course of that weekend, this idea like developed. It was like, okay, we're gonna write a musical, and then. We were driving and we were listening. I think we were listening to Spring Awakening, which is based on some sort of short story or a book. And he said, "Oh, we should we should do a musical based on an original, you know, piece of writing that's public domain, mm. you know, which gives you some structure and you don't have to pay for it." So then we were going to write a musical based on some sort of public domain work. That was up the dr- that was the drive to Ithaca. And then Sondheim had taken it all <laughs> into the woods, right? <laughs> so, but there's so many musicals are based on you know Les Misérables. Phantom of the Opera, Spring Awakening, Rent, they're all based on mm-hmm. previous work. So, you know, you feel like, okay, that's that's what's happening there. There's no reason not to do that. And then uh, then one night Steve was doing a, a funny accent. He was doing an Irish accent because he's an actor and, you know. Actors you just people do funny do, accents. Just yeah. do funny <laughs> accents for, you know, reason. And um, I said, can we have a character in our script named Malarkey? Because that makes me laugh. And he said, sure. <laughs> so then we had a musical based on a piece of public domain material with a character named Malarkey. <laughs> that was it. And then uh, the next night we went to see, like, the spring show at Ithaca. And we were in the theater. And the theater has... Um, uh, like posters from musicals that students have been involved in on Broadway in some capacity, all just filled around. And one of them was for um, Putnam County Spelling Bee. And we were talking about it, and that show is adult actors playing children, which is really an interesting concept. So we said, oh, let's do something with kids. Let's do something with a little Jewish kid and a little Catholic kid. And so now we have this idea to do a sort of modern Romeo and Juliet. Aww. Um 
and Malarkey would be yeah, Father with an Malarkey. Irish kid named Malarkey. Which no, he would be Father Malarkey. <laughs> oh, okay. There's going to be a, there has to be some sort of a priest. We decided. It, right. So we have this like we wrote out a treatment that we actually really love, and now we would need to be in the same city because we wrote that treatment like on Skype essentially. Um, so now we need to be in the same city and um, get some people who can really write music and and you know. But it's it's a pet project that I would. You know, I have low expectations for it, but if we ever got to do something with it, it would be incredibly fun. It would be so much fun. Since yeah. We're talking just for stage, yes. not a, a movie musical. Yes. And because my, my manager did read the treatment and, and it, he had a moment where he's trying to work it within his world. And he's like, what about Disney? Or, and I'm like, nope. Yep. I don't want to, you know, like I'm super flexible on so many different things and I want to work and I, but not this. Like if we do something with this, it has to be the real deal. And if not, that's okay. Because, so. you know, I, I would love to see that. I've always had a, like a secret, just having done so much musical theater when mm-hmm. I was in my twenties and stuff. Um, I always sort of had like the secret thing to, to, to a write a musical myself. And in, in, so when I first moved out here, actually I hung out with a bunch of actors and stuff and, um, I started putting, uh, pen to paper back in those days we had pens we had paper <laughs> and uh and i started writing psycho the musical because oh, i thought that would be hilarious and that like through the whole thing the that woman she would just be in her bra just in the, <laughs> you know because all you remember right right she's she's the blonde woman in her bra right and she's right. just like she'd be at work in her bra in her- <laughs> she'd be driving to the motel in, very structured in her bra sort of cone yeah bra, exactly Which is fine. that's a lot of material exactly. so i got okay. a couple things worked out and then i really really in order to create the music for this we had to use that we had to uh, right. right and because you you yeah. couldn't do it without it i mean right. I, I felt like that was a deal breaker so i being the the daughter of a lawyer i <laughs> knew i needed to call and ask for the rights right and you know called again phones <laughs> right? and not i got oh my gosh not only was i told you can't use that but i also had people saying and if you do anything that even barely whoa. resembles this you know it was like whoa the threatening language you yeah. know um i think now i could probably figure out how to right yeah. but at the time i just got so scared off like never mind yeah mm-hmm. yeah but i i just i don't know so, something about um when a musical works it's it, just one of the most yeah. wonderful mediums i think it's so um exciting and energizing and entertaining i mean i've I just saw um, Book of Mormon last summer, and I mean, really smart, really, you know, there's such an energy to everybody singing instead of talking, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really fun. So, you know, if ever if ever we got to do that, it would be great. Well, I think, look, the last time you were here, it was, <laughs> I kind of had this one thing I can't really talk about. It's one thing. Now you've got four. Okay? Yes. So I, I don't know. Maybe the secret thing is working. Maybe Put it out working. there. <laughs> Next time you're on, we'll talk about the Broadway musical. That okay? would be amazing. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for being on, Jen. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Good luck with, the, with um, A Taste of Romance mm-hmm. on the Hallmark Channel. Happening on the 15th. Even though it will have happened by this point. Right. You can also see it the day before th- Valentine's Day. The Saturday we, before Valentine's Day. Saturday before Valentine's Day. Everybody catch it then. And uh, and just, you know, congratulations. Thank you. This is great. <laughs> and thank you very much for being here, David Bax. No problem. I appreciate it. Anytime. Always good to see you. Catch David Bax at BattleshipPretension.com. Right? Yes. yes. That's right. And Twitter. The Pretension. The at, Pretension. At the Pretension. Okay. 
and uh, and also your TV show, your TV, TV podcast. podcast is previously on. That's previouslyonshow.com. Okay, Jen, is there is there any website you want people to go to about you, or would you like them to leave you alone? About me, I have you no know. websites. Okay, all right, no. cool. That's fine. I'm, I'm not I'm I'm not overly techie when it comes to you know. It's because you're writing. Darn yeah. it. Good. Exactly. I should be writing. I should not be creating websites. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, on the other hand, um, go to onthepage.tv, see what's happening. Go to onthepageonline.com for the uh, uh, streaming video beyond the chick flick, writing the female German screenplay. Um, also, let's see. Oh, well, we've got the first draft class going up, but I've started to sign people up for the rewrite class, which will be in March. It's the six-week rewrite class. And um, these classes have started to fill pretty quickly, so you might want to go there and go to onthepage.tv and check that out. I think that's about it. Yeah? Yeah? Everybody yeah. good? Yeah. All right. Well, everyone out there, thank you for listening, and have a good writing week. 